0: Good morning, hot girls. My name is Zahada, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Hot Girl Mantras, where we empower, heal, ignite, and create community. For the next two weeks, I really want us to discuss burnout and isolation, specifically what that looks like as a Black woman. These topics have been issues I've struggled with sporadically throughout my life. However, now I just felt like this is the right time to really focus on them. Um, And their root causes and ways that we can work to combat them. I mean, what better time to learn self-help and to practice working through these things than now. With all this additional free time or additional time at home, I really want us to be doing deep dives into what burnout can look like for us. And really challenge us to hold space for the emotions that arise. um, Hold space for the acknowledgement of these emotions and to ultimately work towards making emotionally informed decisions and discovering our own personal tools to combat burnouts. So this week's mantra is, in this moment, I acknowledge my full essence. I give myself the permission and space to not be okay. I am more than strength alone. So burnout, 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 right? Um, Let's talk about what a burnout actually is. Burnout is you know, a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive or prolonged stress. And it occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, unable to meet constant demands. Now, as black women, the state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by stress is often our normal. So this is caused by everyday stressors that most folks can list off, you know, stress from work, stress from the family, stress from your friend groups, etc., But it also is comprised of stress from like just experiencing racism and sexism simultaneously day to day. So this can present as the stress of needing to exude strength in times of weakness, the stress of needing to look, quote unquote, presentable to go to the emergency room because you fear you will get a lesser quality of treatment or your loved one will get a lesser quality of treatment or care if you don't. The stress of taking care of an entire household on your salary alone. The stress of being the shoulder for everyone to cry on, and the person that everyone bears their soul to, um, and then having to, you know, fight your own battles alone. Um, the stress of being tasked with, you know, high priority tasks at work and then coming home and having to do the same shit for your house. Um, or the stress of raising black children in a world that polices their every move. We can go on with this list all day. This is all to say that these instances create a constant wear and tear on our bodies due to that um, stress or fight or fight response that your brain is constantly signaling out to your body. Um, When your body senses a threat to your safety and well-being, which is normally what elicits a stress response, it requires heightened activity in the body in order to execute the stress response, no matter if it manifests physically, emotionally, or um, in your behavior. Like, okay, okay, humor me for like a few minutes and let's do something hypothetical. If you can close your eyes, you close your eyes. If that's your thing, whatever. All right. So you're sitting on a park bench minding your business and bam, you know, (laughs) you see three black folks running. So obviously your common black sense is about to tell you to get your black ass app and run because clearly there's a threat to your safety behind these three black people booking it for dear life. Now, somehow you end up running that smooth mile in less than five minutes. And whole time, you haven't even put on your running shoes since the Obama administration, right? <laughs> so in this moment, you out of there like flow Joe, But later that night, your body is aching. You know what I'm saying? You ready to turn it in 830 max and it's tough falling asleep with your box wine because that's how energy depleted you are. That's how tired your body is from that Five minute sprint that you did to save your life or what your body thought it was doing to save your life. Um, You know, now imagine that happening to you every other day. After a while, your body is not going to be able to sustain that level of stimulation and constant wear and tear. Certain things are going to start being compromised because of it. Brady Wilson in a TEDx talk I watched a while ago talked about how to fix the exhausted brain and he provided this interesting story of Paula and her manager Zayed. Um, Now long story short, in this organization that they're working at, Paula is a model employee. Um, Now that was before the organization shifted its direction. With this directional shift, Um, managers, including her manager, Zayad, began to drop the ball in their relationship with supervisees. Um, And seemingly so, Paula began to fall behind in productivity. Um, She began to miss work more often. And she also just had some health issues that were, um, you know, impacting her performance. Um, It got to the point that her performance at work and her days at the office um, were impacting her so negatively that she almost lost her job. So Zayad, he's like, let's have a one-on-one, Paula. And he's like, "Um, I don't need to know what's going on in your personal life. That's not my business. But I want you to know that I'm in your corner, that I've got your back. So what can we do to take some stuff off your plate to make this work? Brady, the presenter, talks about how this is a horrible model for supervision. Um, And instead of Zayad thinking that he knows what's best for Paula, it needs to be more cooperative. All right, so boom, right? Zaya comes back to the drawing board, has another one-on-one with Paula after discovering the question he needs to ask to fix the exhausted brain. Um, And they meet, he's like, all right, I was a shitty supervisor before, let's try this again. So he asks, what is the most important thing to you right now in your current situation? Now, Brady Wilson, the presenter, says, well, Paula immediately responded with significance significance was the most important thing to her in that current situation. Um, He even said she went on to say she was so frustrated um, because her supervisor Zayad kept taking things off of her plate when all she wanted to do was be a top achiever and take on more challenges. Mind you, sis is not being productive right now. Sis has health issues going on and sis is missing mad work. So let's just keep that in mind. Um, But Even with her supervisor noting those things and seeing those red flags, he took a chance on her and she ended up knocking it out of the park. Now, before I get into how cringy that is um, and how white male centered the approach is, um, I want to talk about the things he presented that are still resonating with me. He talked about an energized brain and a depleted brain. Now, an energized brain is one that allows you to focus your attention, regulate your emotions, connect the dots in surprising ways, you know, push the needle forward and predict outcomes of your behaviors or make informed decisions. Now, that is Paula before the organizational shift, you know, model employee. And that is your hypothetical self before you saw those three black people running for their life and decided to run yourself. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, when your brain is depleted, um, think back to when you were hypothetically running for your life um, and how we noted that if that continued to happen every other day, something in your bodily functioning was going to have to be eliminated. Something was going to start missing the mark in your regular daily tune-ups. It was going to miss the mark. So when your brain is depleted, the first thing that you lose access to is the executive your executive function, or being able to do all those things that the energized brain is able to do. Um, so you're easily distracted, um, you react impulsively, you have a hard time connecting the dots, and it becomes harder to make informed decisions. Now let's translate this to our lives. So he argues that when a person understands what is most important to them, they can look for solutions or opportunities to achieve those things or to re-energize their brains and come out of that burnout. Because the idea is that humans feel invigorated when they progress, when they achieve, and when they're valued by people in high respect. I believe this idea of understanding what matters most to inspire positive energy or to um, incite personal resource building is, is valuable. But I also think that it requires a bit more than just asking what is important to you in this moment to get a self-focused answer from Black women. Let's say the mantra. In this moment, I acknowledge my full essence. I give myself the permission and space to not be okay. I am more than strength alone. So in getting back to this idea of understanding what matters most in order to energize our brains and come out of, you know, a state of uh, burnout. We got to understand that we got to understand where the things that we value come from. So the things that I value or assign importance to in my life. They're largely a result of the things my mothers, grandmothers, aunts, and prominent Black women in media valued or didn't value, and I wish they would have. So ask yourself right now, of the Black women that you look up to, what did they teach you? What qualities did you take from them? Now, I wonder, did anyone um, think of self-care and how to actually perform self-care outside of, you know, hair nails and skin care? Because I know when I ask myself these questions, self-care did not come up. I, like most folks, look to the intentional and unintentional messages around what it means to be a successful Black woman these things were taught to me by my mothers, grandmothers, aunts, black female teachers, black women in the news or on television. I cherry picked the things that worked for me specifically. So as a black girl who was becoming a black woman, I was very sure of the things I would carry over with me into black womanhood. I was very sure that I was ready and was well equipped to go forth in the world and write, you know, my own chapter in the book of black womanhood. And I felt this way because I had so many wonderful strong black women examples in my life. You know, my great grandmother, she didn't have but a sixth grade education, um, but she raised her children on a lunch lady's salary. She quit smoking cigarettes cold turkey. She taught herself money management, bought her own self her little Cadillac. She came, you know, she, she like overcame so much and taught us all how to be strong and to remain graceful. She had her palms cream, but she could also go outside and peel the scales of a fish with her bare hands. She was a tough cookie you know? Um, and we revere that. We talk about that all the time when we, we, we you know, speak about her and, and we remember her life. Um, my mom, she got pregnant with me in her undergraduate years. Instead of stopping or dropping out of school, she finished undergrad and went and got her law degree and went and became, you know, a military official and excelled. Her stories of hardship her bringing me to her job on a military base um, when she couldn't get childcare, and having me sleeping under her desk, literally risking her job and making a way when there was no way, um, all while never letting me see her sweat. Um, we look to stories like the stories I said and many other stories out there Um to, to think about the triumphs of Black women. Um, we talk about beauty of Black women. We talk about their beauty. We talk about their nurturing spirit and their magic. But above all else, we always value Black women for their strength. We learn that that is key for you to be a Black woman who is valued. A Black woman is by force trained and taught in order to succeed in this world, um, you know that's ruled by systems that are built on our oppression. We must push and push, no excuses um, by grit or by might, we have to succeed. And the world teaches black women, black folk, and non-black folk that black women are warriors with these infinite levels of strength and some you know like some superhuman ability to absorb and you know address all the problems of others and still handle their own own issues with style and grace we are literally like failing to live up to the myth of the super black woman because it's not sustainable. It's not realistic. And when, when you think about this, you know, the myth of the black super woman, you know, someone who has infinite reserves of energy and strength, they're, you know, great caretakers and they're consistently arriving above struggle without even a grimace. Um, when you think of that, um, Or when I I think about burnout and I was listening to this TED Talk, I immediately began to think about all these, you know, characteristics of a Black superwoman that we are constantly imposing upon ourselves as Black women to, like, be able to exemplify. So, like, We feel like we have to be strong and exhibit strength at all times. We feel like we have to suppress our emotions. We feel like we have to resist vulnerability and dependence on others. We feel like we have to succeed despite having limited resources. We feel like we have to prioritize taking care of others instead of balancing that with self-care. This value placed on Black feminine strength, resilience, and nurturing is what we have been socialized to see as important to us. Black women aren't socialized to assign importance to things that do not involve what we can contribute to others. We're socialized to find our life energy, to replenish our energy, and to find pleasure in being strong caregivers. I ask you to say the mantra with me again. In this moment, I acknowledge my full presence, my full essence. I ask you to say the mantra with me again. In this moment, I acknowledge my full essence. I give myself the permission and space to not be okay. I am more than strength alone. So when Brady Wilson said, just ask what is important to you at this time? I really do feel like this missed the mark for us. Paula, our good sis Paula was struggling, missing work, sick. And when he asked her what she wanted, she said to feel important and not should read as useful. Despite, you know, despite those constant obstacles that she was going through, those constant tribulations that she was going through, she was ready to ask for more. So I interpret that as instead of prioritizing herself, her focus was on being seen as a high performer again. Because the positive feedback she gets from being a high performer um, or a model employee or let's extend this, being a good friend. Being a great partner, being a great mother, all those things, that's where she has been able to pull her life energy from. Because that's all she knows. That's all she knows. Um, those are the only sources of life energy that she's aware of. She was never taught to, you know, find life energy within herself. She was never taught to find life energy by taking care of herself. Um, to me, Paula was me. Paula is me. To me, Paula is my mother. She's my grandmother. She was and is so many Black women out there that are literally throwing themselves into their work, their partners, their children, and other entities, despite everything inside falling to shit, because they need to feel valuable again. They need to feel a sense of achievement in order to keep pushing. And should it's just not sustainable. You will burn out time and time again if you keep looking outside of yourself to energize. All in all, I enjoyed this TEDx talk um, because I knew where he was trying to go with it. But I really found myself wondering, like, what can I do as a black woman to revive my brain, my drive and my passion? Um, because if we're going off of, you know, what Brady Wilson said, if we're going off of that and you ask me what's important to me, I'm going to tell you <laughs> being known as a great contributor to my, you know, my field of work. Attaining more advanced degrees, making my family proud, you know, one that's really important to me right now is hurrying up and furnishing my apartment so my brothers can stay and stay with me whenever they come home from college. Like these type of things are the things that are, you know, at the forefront of my mind, Um, even like I'm trying to get a new car. I'm looking at cars that will allow all my brothers to be able to fit in because they're very tall. Like, I'm not thinking about myself only. You know, none of this is really about personal values. This is about me in relation to others. So instead, I decided and I definitely want to offer up to this space. um, I'm going to ask what's important to me for sure because I do still find it, um, you know, Enlightening to acknowledge the things that I've insi- you know, I've assigned importance to. But I'm also going to ask, you know, what would energize me that doesn't involve others, my achievements, or my ability to produce? I think black women right now, because we are unlearning, you know, these negative habits of enforcing these um, characteristics of the black superwoman. We're unlearning those things. We gotta take those extra steps, ask those extra questions to ourselves in order to learn, you know, new positive habits. So we're we're starting at square one with it. <laughs> um so this week I'm really asking you, you know, to find your value and your worth outside of your relationships with others. I'm gonna do the same thing. Um, cause this is like I said, something I'm struggling with too. You know, ask yourself. What energizes you that doesn't involve others, your achievements, or your ability to produce? Because it's only then that you'll be able to recover from a burnout um, without, one, exposing yourself to risky behaviors, without, you know, exposing yourself to negative Nancys and, you know, I don't know, weak willies, you know, um, people who just gonna bring you down or people who just gonna feed off of, you know, you, you on a down day. You don't wanna ever invite people into your life when you're low. Especially when, you know, black women, we don't normally be going out of our way to depend on people to help uplift us. You know? We go out of our way to uplift others, but we don't go out of our way to help, you know, ask for people to uplift us. So until um I want to caution away from trying to reach out and connect with people because that's not something that we're used to doing. And I feel like when we focus on trying to make connections with people first, we forget about connecting with ourselves. You need to connect with yourself first and then you can go out and, 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 and try to figure out what the type of people, um, you know, what characteristics you need in people who are going to be in your network. Does, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Like, First, you need to figure out what it is that energizes you and you alone without everybody else involved. Once you've got that down, then you can start working on one feeling comfortable asking people for help. One feeling comfortable calling people when you're breaking down and, and looking to them for support. And then you can also not only feel comfortable, but you can also begin to write down the things that you're looking for in those people. But first, you got to start with self. So, I want us to end, of course, saying the mantra. Um, you know, take a few breaths. And let's go ahead and say it. In this moment, I acknowledge my full essence. I give myself the permission and space to not be okay. I am more than strength alone. And please, 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 please remember, you are loved. You are connected. You are important. And this week is about to be yours. All right, I'll talk to y'all soon.